0: Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at www.cwcsj.org for service times and directions. But I want to share with you just something about a mom. There's... I don't think there's any creature... Any of all God's creation that is like a mother. A mother is someone that will believe in you even after all the evidence points that you're guilty. There could be a videotape of you stealing it, there could be a picture of you waving at the camera while you're going by, you could be caught with the item in your hand and chocolate on your face. But if you look at your mom in in her eye and say, Mom, I didn't do it. You have to believe me. The mom will stand there and say, he didn't do it. She didn't do it. Because a mother like no other believes like no one else. And this morning I want to tell you a story about a woman that was so phenomenal. Phenomenal. A mother that if, if we don't take time to read the Word of God slowly and precisely, we would run over her story without even a blink. We wouldn't recognize what it was that she was doing or what her, her focal point is. You, you, you see, maybe just a crazy woman. But, but back in the old days before, when King David takes over as king, there was a king before him by the name of King Saul. And King Saul, while he was king, tried to exterminate a a group of people called the Gibeonites. Now, back in the day when Joshua walked the earth, and the children of Israel were conquering the promised land, the Gibeonites lived in Canaan, and they lived in the promised land and came, and they tricked Joshua and the children of Israel into believing that they were from a faraway country. And they came into an agreement that you don't, you won't come against us. If someone's fighting you, we'll support you. And if someone's fighting us, you'll protect us. And without consulting God, Joshua and the children of Israel entered into this agreement. Everyone say agreement. agreement. They entered into this agreement, a covenant, a marriage if you would. That they would protect one another. Now fast forward now. Hundreds of years later. And King Saul has taken over Israel. And the very covenant that Joshua entered into with them, Joshua breaks. And Joshua is into trying to exterminate, to totally wipe out the Gibeonites. Now fast forward a few more years and King David is now king. And when he takes over as king, a famine hits the land. What hits the land? A famine, and a famine, when a famine comes in, there's no food. When there's no food, there's no work, there's no money, everything. It's like, we, like the, the struggle we went through here in the Bay Area where the housing went down and, and jobs got scarce and people started moving. They went through that for a three-year period. There was a drought. No rain came from heaven. And after three years, the Bible says that King David goes to God and asks God, Why is this going on? It took him three years to do so. Come on, somebody. I don't know about you, but as a father, if my family's going through a famine, I want to know why that famine's happening the first month, first week, the first day. But after three years, how many years? years? Three years, David consults God and God says, It's because of what Saul did to the Gibeonites. So David goes to the Gibeonites and says, how do we make this work? How how do we make amends for what we did to you? The Gibeonites say, we don't want any money from you. Because this isn't an issue about money. What we want is seven sons. How many? Seven. Seven sons of Saul. We want them killed. Hung on a tree. For everyone to see what Saul did to us. I need you to understand there is times in our lives where we pay for the choices of those that came before us. Saul's sons didn't kill anyone. They were not the ones that made the decision to do so. But because of their father, the next generation is now having to pay for the sins of their parents. Now, how many of you understand that there are times that our parents might have made a choice or that someone before you made a choice that now you have to live with? You're paying bills that you didn't enjoy the goods for. You're dealing with a depression that you had nothing to do with. You're fighting an addiction that you you never invited into your life. Oh come on somebody. You know what I'm talking about this morning? Because there's choices that one generation makes that another generation has to pay. I want to challenge every mom and dad in this house right now. You be careful the choices you make. Because the choices you make, you might not have to pay for them in your lifetime, but the gen- next generation's going to have to. Say it again, pastor. The next generation's going to have to. And the story goes on and what, what happens is the seven sons, two of those sons were the sons of a woman by the name of Rizpah. Yeah, I said it. Rizpah. You don't hear her very often in the Word. But the Bible says that her two boys, she was a she, she was a concubine of Saul and she had two children from Saul. And so she has these sons of royal blood. And because of what their father did, now the sons are going to be killed because of what their father did. And this mother now has to stand back while her sons are killed in front of her, hung on a couple trees, much like Mary watched Jesus hung on a tree for something that He didn't do. And she stands there and sees her sons killed, suspended between heaven and earth. But what she does after this is what blows me the way the most. And I want you to notice here in 2 Samuel chapter 21, verse 10, it says this. Then Rizpah, the daughter of Ona, the mother of two men, spread burlap on the rock and stayed there the entire harvest Season? How long? The entire harvest season. And she prevented the scavenger birds from tearing at their bodies during the day and stopped wild animals from eating them at night. Pray with me now. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. What is it about this woman? What is it about this woman, Rizpah? I want you to recognize something about this wonderful lady is that after her sons die, she spreads out the the cloth, the burlap, she spreads it out. And when she does so, she makes a camp in front of the trees in which her sons died. And the Bible says that during the day she would stand there with the stick and and shoo away the buzzards and, and the vultures when they would come to tear away at their son's body. That at night she would start a fire and she would camp in front of the dead bodies of her children. Oh, you got to catch this. She would camp under the shade of her dead children. So that when wild animals at night would come to eat at them, she would save them from the wild animals. Why would she do that? Because according to Jewish tradition... There were three ways that a person would die and there would be no hope of resurrection. The first way was to be lost at sea. The second way was to be burned by fire. And then the third way was to be eaten either by wild beasts or by birds of the air. And so this mother, her children are dead. They're not coming back. But this mother stayed in the fight. Because she was hoping for resurrection even after her children were dead. Only a mother could do that. Only a mother would protect a dead body. And there's some of you mothers that are watching your children hanging there, decaying, going through struggle, going through battle, and you look at them and think there's no hope. But only a mother has the ability to stand there and fight for her kids when all hope is gone. Only a mother. Us men, come on, let's go. Let's go home. Let's, come on, come on. They're, they're gone now. But mom wasn't fighting for the now. Oh, come on, somebody. Mom wasn't fighting for the now. She was fighting for the resurrection. She was fighting for the future. And I've seen you, moms, that you stand there, you go to court with your kids, you stand in the gap for your kids, you pray for your kids. When everyone else has given up on them, when they're staying on the tree, and the Bible says one day went by, two days went by, three days went by, a week went by, two weeks went by, a month went by, the entire season went by. Six months. Their bodies are black. They're decaying. Their flesh is falling off their body. They smell. And mom doesn't leave their side. Only a mother. Only a mother could believe while their kid is decaying in front of their eyes can believe for their child to be raised again. Amen. Only a mother could stand in the gap and believe. And Rifsva stood there when wild animals would come and try to eat her sons because she believed they might be dead in this life. But God has promised a resurrection. He promised that someday that the dead in Christ will rise first. And that was what she was protecting. She wasn't protecting the now. She was protecting the future. And I need you to understand something today. That their condition didn't change their relationship. Say it again, Pastor. Their condition doesn't change their relationship. I see mothers crying right now because only a mother stands next to their kid while hope is lost and they stand next to them. Their condition doesn't change their relationship. That's still my child. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Moms, you rock. You guys are amazing. As I close this morning, John, I don't know where you disappeared to. I'm going to have to take your mom's gift back.
1: <laughs>
0: In the midst of it all, she's still. <laughs> I love you, John. Come on, Johnny. Only a mom could have hope that their kid will rise again. The Bible says that while the bodies were up there, King David heard about Ritzvah. How long was she out there? The entire season, six months. Some of you have been fighting for years. But the Bible says the king heard about it. Let me say it on this side. The Bible says the king heard about what she did. You know, that there's some breakthroughs that you receive, young people, that has nothing to do with you. The king, somebody say the king. The king heard about what she had done. And he gave an order, take their bodies down. And don't just take them down and bury them. Take their bodies down and bury them with the other kings. Wow. Wow. Don't just put them in a grave. Place them in a place of honor. Because of what she did, her kids got a proper burial. But not just any burial. They were placed in the place of kings. Wow. Oh, you—you got—you somebody got to catch this this morning. You know what? I'm telling you. When a kid won't fight for themselves, you got a mother that will fight for them. And the times I went through in my life where my mom thought it was over, that there was no hope for me. Everyone else had given up. I remember my mom being on her knees praying before God like she did every afternoon. And she was there calling upon God and I was just totally messing up. I was, I was walked, I was totally away from God. And I remember her, she received a phone call from my aunt. And she was praying that afternoon and, and when it, the phone rings while my mom's praying, she won't answer it even if it's me. Something wrong with that. <laughs> but she picked up the phone that one day while I was a junior in high school and my aunt was on the other line and she said this. She says, don't worry about your son anymore. The Lord just told me that he's going to be a minister. Everything's going to be okay. You say amen. I said, uh-uh. <laughs> it's like, that ain't going to happen. And I remember my mom, I was, I, was, I was still messing up, and she looked at me. She says, I'm not worried about you anymore. <laughs> I was offended. So what do you mean? She goes, "I talked to your aunt, and your aunt said that you're going to become a minister." Since when did my aunt become a prophet? <laughs> I didn't want to become a minister. There's no money in ministry. I wanted to become an airline mechanic. I wanted to do something. I wanted to I wanted to do something where I was going to get paid. I, ministry wasn't it. Hallelujah. I sat down this week and wrote a letter to my mom. said, I don't have a card for you, but I got a letter I just wanted to write you. I put you through so much hell in high school. I hope I'm not boring you. Through so much hell in high school. Put so put you through so much that the final two years of high school I had to go through night school to graduate for two years. I was going full time at night and day. Who was the one that took me to all my night school classes? Mom. Dad didn't take me once. My dad would have been like, take the bus. Here's 50 cents. Go take the bus. And I just wrote her a letter and told her, you know what? Everything and where I'm at today isn't because of me. You were the Rispa that stood and protected my decaying body. To believe that there was going to be a resurrection for my life later on. And to every mother, I want to say thank you for protecting us when everyone else gave up on us. To you, we applaud you. What's the job of a mother like? Would anyone take it? Take a look at this.
1: Just give me one second, thank sure. you, sorry. Uh-huh. Hey, hi. Two minutes, thank you. Hi, good afternoon, sorry about hey, that. Hey, Hi, nice hi. to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. Have you ever done one of these interviews over the camera before? No. Well, let me tell you a little bit about the job to get started with. It's not just um, a job, it's sort of probably the most important job. Uh, the title that we have going right now is Director of Operations, but it's really kind of so much more than that. Responsibilities and requirements are, are really quite extensive. Uh, first category for the requirements would be mobility. This job requires that you must be able to work standing up most or really all of the time, uh, constantly on your feet, constantly bending over, constantly exerting yourself, a high level of stamina. Uh, uh,
0: Okay. That's
1: a lot. For how many, like, for how many hours? A uh, hundred and thirty-five hours to unlimited hours a week. It's basically 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I'm sure you'll have a chance from time to time to maybe just sit down here and there, yeah? Uh, you mean like a break? Yeah. Uh, no, there are no breaks available. Is, is that even legal? Oh, yeah, of course, yeah.
0: Okay, yeah. so like no lunch? You can or... have
1: lunch, but only when the associate is done eating their lunch.
0: Uh... I think that's a little
1: intense. No, No, not possible. That's crazy. Now this position requires excellent negotiation and interpersonal skill. We're really looking for someone that might have a degree in uh, medicine, in finance, and the culinary arts. You must be able to wear several hats. Associate needs constant attention. Sometimes they have to stay up with an associate Throughout the night, being able to work in a chaotic environment—if you—if you you had a life—we'd ask you to sort of give that life up. No vacations. In fact, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, and holidays—the workload is going to go up, and we demand that with—with a happy disposition. Ah, that's almost cruel. (laughs) That's almost uh, a very, very sick, twisted joke. But when there's time to sleep, or oh, no time to sleep. Yeah, all-encompassing, almost. That's exactly right. 365 days a year? Yes. No, that's... that's inhumane. That's... that's very insane. The meaningful connections that you make and the the feeling that you get from really helping your associate are immeasurable. Also, let's cover the salary. The position is going to pay absolutely nothing. Excuse me? No. Nobody's doing that for free. Yeah, pro bono. Completely for free. (laughs) What if I told you there's someone that actually currently uh, holds this position right now? Billions of people, actually. Who? Moms.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Moms. <laughs> That's awesome.
0: <Yeah>.
1: Aww! <laughs> and they meet every requirement, oh, don't wow. they? Oh, my God. Moms are the best. Yeah, there's no pain. They're 24 hours. They're always there. Now I'm thinking about my mom. Yeah, and what are you thinking about her? I'm thinking about all those nights and everything. Thank you so much for everything you do. I know it doesn't seem like I appreciate all of it, but I definitely do.
0: So, Mom, I want to say thank you for everything that you've done. I love you very much. You've been there through thick and thin My mom is just awesome, she's awesome. Put your hands together and welcome with me all our moms. Moms, would you stand? Would you come meet us here in the front this morning? Come on. We got a special gift we'd like to give to all our moms. So if you would just come here to the front of the, of the uh, sanctuary, we want to just welcome you all here this morning. And Amen. Go ahead and pass. God bless you as you come. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at www.cwcsj.org.